bid you welcome to the Monday night of our Gospel Mission. We're delighted to see those who've come. And just before we commence our service, we're going to sing a few verses of some grand old Gospel hymns. 313 is our first. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. Remaining seated while we sing, please. John Newton's old hymn, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I am found, was blind, but now I see. <clears throat> 323. Sorry. Three hundred and thirty-four 
It was down at the feet of Jesus with a happy, happy day. My soul found peace in believing and my sins were washed away. I wonder if you had that happy day experience. Have you the knowledge of sins forgiven or is it only a profession? Is it only an outward show? Oh, that tonight you would have the reality of God's salvation and you'll be able to really sing then. It was down at the feet of Jesus for the happy, happy day. 334 remaining seated while we sing, please. Surely the prayer of our hearts each day is Jesus keep me near the cross, 335. There a precious fountain free to all a healing stream flows from Calvary's mountain.
339, oh, what a wonderful, wonderful day. Day I will never forget, after I'd wandered in darkness away, Jesus, my Saviour, I met. We'll sing two verses of this hymn before we have our opening hymn, please. tonight is a hymn 199 God loved the world of sinners lost and ruined by the fall salvation full at highest cost he offers free to all and think of the words of this lovely chorus oh to his love to his wondrous love the love of God to me it brought my saviour from above to die on Calvary we'll stand together while we sing our opening hymn the hymn 199 singing our very best keeping up that good singing please thank you
Amen. Joining in the chorus. together on verse 4. Again, and when we're singing the, the fifth verse again, we're going to ask the Reverend Roy Stewart, uh, one of our retired ministers, and someone that worships with us in Hebron, and we're going to ask our dear brother to come and to lead us to the throne of grace in prayer, please. Bob will sing the fifth verse of victory now or Satan's power. Let all the ransomed sing. Now let's bow together, please, before the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we bow before Thee tonight in the Savior's great name. We thank Thee we can come to Thee, for Thou hast bid us come. Thou hast told us to come boldly, that we can speak freely to Thee, and there we can obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And we need Thee, Lord, tonight and the rest of the nights of this mission and the preaching of the gospel. We pray that thou will bless thy word. Amen. We thank you we've got a great message to preach. 
of a living Saviour who died. The grave couldn't hold him. He rose again from the dead, showing that he was who he said he was, the Son of God with power. We bless thee, he reigns tonight and reigns forever. And thank God those who belong to him will sing that song of victory. One day we shall see him, and we shall be like him when we see him as he is in all the perfections of righteousness. We rejoice in imputed righteousness. We thank you, Lord, it doesn't depend upon us to get to heaven. It depends entirely upon the Son of God. And we thank thee when we think of that love for sinners. Those of us in this house tonight who are saved, we're singing about that day when we came to Christ. And what a day it was. When we're living in sin, no time for the gospel, no time for church or religion. But, O oh Lord, you spoke to us and we trembled in your presence. We realized that we had to meet you one day. And we weren't ready. And we all have to face the great eternity. And, Lord, we thank you for the grace that drew Sinners like me and us in this meeting to the Saviour. We realise it's all of grace. It's all of God. Amen. Salvation's of the Lord from start to finish. Amen. And we rejoice in eternal and sure and certain salvation. Bless our meeting tonight. We look to thee. Give that real sense of thy presence with us. And if there's any in the gathering tonight who know you not, Lord, give them grace to see their need. And to see the one who can meet the need, the Lord Jesus Christ. And then they will rejoice like we rejoice in the knowledge of sins forgiven. That we're ready for the great eternity. That one day we'll be with thee and be like thee. Thank God we'll not be lost forever, but saved forever in God's great eternity. And it's all because of the Saviour and all because of what he accomplished on the cross. When he bore our sins in his own body on the tree. And thank God we burn them no more. All the handwriting of ordinances was, that was marked against us, he took them. And he washed them away in his precious blood. And thank God tonight we've got sure and certain and eternal salvation. Bless the preaching of the word. Bless all who take part in the meeting. Give help from heaven. And help us in all we say and do. To bring honour and glory to thy great and thy wonderful name. For thou art worthy of our praise. And we'll be so with thee great eternity. We'll praise thee in the time we have. And no, we cannot use time with eternity. Yet it's the only thing we understand. But thank God that a great eternity we're going to praise him who loved us. And gave himself for us. So bless our coming together. Give us thy presence and thy blessing. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Mr. Stewart, for leading us to the throne of grace in prayer. Delighted tonight to have with us our sister Hannah Armstrong. And Hannah's going to come now and minister to us in song, please. Hannah.
for that ministry and song. No wonder Isaiah the prophet could say, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye buy, and eat ye, come buy wine, and milk without money, and without price. It's all paid for. And praise God, salvation's full, and salvation's free. We bid you welcome. I'm going to say tonight, we bid you a warm welcome. We could have done that yesterday evening, because we were sitting here, as they would say, up in we were foundered. And it was, I think, cold. Although we got through, and uh, we're glad you've come tonight with your coats all on, and now the sweat will be lashing off you before the service is over. But the heat has been resolved. The heat is on, and uh, we're delighted to be here. And we're delighted to see you. Thank you for coming. And that's not empty words. It means so much to us as a fellowship, as a congregation, uh, that you have taken the time, our own people, our own congregation, and visitors, you're all welcome in the Saviour's name, and we're delighted to see you. And to those who are joining us on Facebook, Sermon Audio, and YouTube, we bid them welcome as well. And we trust that they're nice and comfortable and warm uh, wherever they are as well, and that the Lord will bless them also. Continue to remember the mission as it continues each night this week uh, through to Friday, each night at 8pm, and then again on the Lord's Day. No service in Hebron on Sunday night. We're here in the town hall at 7pm. And remember the singer tomorrow night will be our brother Philip Bowles, who is a pastor in Kerry Baptist, and our brother will be along to minister in Soham. Do remember the prayer meeting uh, before the service. Good to see those who were out tonight at the time of prayer and yesterday uh, evening as well. If you can make it, and I know it's a rush to get home and to get all the things done that need to be done and get everything attended to. But if you can make that special effort to be at the place of prayer, it will be very much appreciated. It's in the MacArthur room downstairs just as you come in. We're going to sing another hymn together before Hannah comes to minister to us in song and then the Reverend Park will come and minister God's word to us. Come thy fount of every blessing, 195. Should my heart to sing thy grace, streams of mercy never ceasing, calls for songs of loudest praise. Bear with us tonight, we've got a new pair of glasses today. And sometimes I can see and there's sometimes I can't see. Uh, it's like a lady, or better be careful, lady or gentleman, when they get new teeth, it takes a bit of time getting them settled in. So I hope it'll not be as bad with the teeth as it is with the glasses. But sometimes I can see you and sometimes I can't. It all depends how I look, but... Uh, Trust you'll bear with us, and the Lord will bless us as we get used to the new goggles. Come thy fount of every blessing. See that, belly.
ask our sister Hannah to come um, to minister to us in God's word, and then after that, Reverend Park will bring the message. Thank you. deep desire that at these meetings there will be that kind of prayer going up to the Lord where folks in their heart who know not Christ will be able to say, O Lamb of God, I come. It's a hymn that was almost invariably sung at the end of a gospel meeting when I grew up as a teenager in Portadown and all those gospel missions were held. Sometimes we went to a town hall, sometimes to a an orange hall sometimes to a tent, other times the, the meetings were in the church, but almost always at the end that appeal hymn was sung. 
And I can remember there was a period of time when every week there were folks stepping out for Christ, coming to know the Lord. We pray that that will be so at this mission. Hannah, thank you for coming all the way from, I take it you're still living in the Macrofelt area? No? Okay. <clears throat> Hannah Simpson, originally from Macrofelt. Uh, well, I'll ask you afterwards where you're from, but good to have you and good to have your dad uh, with us tonight as well. Trust the Lord will bless those messages you sang so sweetly, but sincerely, challengingly, and we appreciate that. And Mervyn, thank you for leading. Mervyn's having high eyesight trouble. I don't have eyesight trouble, but I did have trouble saying the words. That There's the words behind, which I can't see uh, unless I look round. And then there's the words here uh, on, a, on a little screen, but I couldn't see them because Mervyn had his hand over them. So it was good that the, the hymns were well known. I want you to turn tonight to the 26th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 26. I add my own words of welcome uh, to all that are gathered. Monday night used to be associated with a lean night and a gospel mission, but we haven't really found that so over the years. It's normally Wednesday night, so let me put an appeal in for Wednesday night. Come back on Wednesday night. Come back every night if you can and bring others with you. We want to see these meetings well attended. We want to have the people of God in the prayer meetings. We want you to pray at home. But if you can come just that little bit earlier, before each meeting, we gather down below, just as soon as you come in, there's a room there where we come to pray. Um, without prayer, nothing will be done. And we need prayer. God answers prayer. And he's commanded us to pray. Jesus said, men ought always to pray and not to faint. And sadly, we're living in the fainting age when men have left off prayer. But let's come, seek the Lord together. There's power in prayer. There's power when an individual lays hold upon God. And there's power in united prayer. Scripture speaks even where two of you agree on earth as touching anything, that it shall be done. And when two and more get together to pray, God sets his seal upon that kind of prayer meeting. And we want to see him really answer our cries these days. Now, we're going to read from verse 30 of this chapter, Matthew chapter 26. And uh, we said to you last night we wanted to preach on the subject of backsliding. We come to the character of Peter. Uh, So let's give attention to the verses that we read. There's much more that we could read uh, by way of introduction. But these are the verses that we want to draw to your attention just now. Verse 30. And when they had sung an hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. Then saith Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, Yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. 
Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. Let's go down to verse 55. In that same hour saith Jesus to the multitudes, Are ye come out against us? Out as against a thief with swords and staves? For to take me, I sat daily with you teaching in the temple, and ye laid no hold on me. But all this was done, that the scripture of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. And they that had laid hold on Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. But Peter followed him afar off unto the high priest's palace and went in and sat with the servants to see the end. Verse 69. Now Peter sat without in the palace and a damsel came unto him saying, Thou also wast with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all saying, I know not what thou sayest. And when he was gone out into the porch, Another maid saw him and said unto them that were there, This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And after a while came unto him they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech bereath thee. Then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which saith unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. Ending the reading at the end of the chapter, we know that God will bless his word to every heart. Let's pray together just for a moment, please. Heavenly Father, we still our hearts in your presence just now in the Saviour's name. As we come to the precious word of God, that word that is infallible, inerrant, unchanging, that word that is forever settled in heaven. We know that heaven and earth will pass away, but my words, said the Lord Jesus, shall never pass away. And Lord, we're dealing with something here tonight that is very powerful, something that is eternal, something that will never pass away, and that is divine truth. And Lord, we pray that you will speak to us, that you'll search out our hearts as we look at this character of Peter and what's happening here in these verses that we've read together. Oh God, we cry to thee in Jesus' name that thou wilt speak to all that are gathered. We pray that you'll especially single out those that have strayed from the Lord, who have walked away from him, who tonight could be classified as the backslider. Speak to the unconverted likewise. Open up your word to their hearts and help this preacher. I come with all my weakness to thee and I pray for that baptism of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So tonight I want to talk to you on the subject of backsliding. The Apostle Peter was one of the most faithful, prominent and illustrious disciples who followed Christ. 
He was one of the first to be called by the Savior at the beginning of our Lord's ministry. He features prominently throughout those years of public service. He was with Jesus from the very beginning. He traveled everywhere with the Lord, with the other disciples likewise. He was an eyewitness to everything that Jesus said and everything that Jesus did. You want to think about that. Peter heard all the great sermons that Jesus preached, like the Sermon on the Mount, covering three chapters of Matthew's Gospel, 5, 6, and 7. What a powerful sermon that is. Like the Sermon on the Second Coming, Matthew 24, 25. One of my favorite sermons that, that speaks of that day when Jesus Christ will come again with power and great glory. Or that sermon that is recorded in Luke 16, On the subject, the dreadful subject of hell that paints before our eyes that man in the midst of that fiery inferno engulfed in the flames of a lost eternity crying out for mercy but there's no mercy. Peter heard these sermons and many others. He saw all the wonderful things that Jesus did. The casting out of the devils. We think of Legion. That man that was possessed with many devils And how he came across the Lord. The Lord spoke the word of power. And the next thing, Legion is sitting delivered at the Savior's feet. He's clothed and he's in his right mind. We think of the the healing miracles. Giving sight to the blind and deaf. uh, Hearing to the deaf. And speech to the dumb. And uh, those that were lame were made to walk again. Peter witnessed it all. The raising of the dead. There are three times that the New Testament tells us of actual uh, individuals that were raised from the dead, like Lazarus, who was called forth from that tomb in which he had been buried for four days. And then we think of the the other miracles, like the feeding of the 5,000. Peter saw all these things. Peter was also sent out to, to preach the word, and he himself was given power to do miracles. So Peter cast out devils. Peter saw uh, the sick healed and he preached the glorious gospel and called men and women to repentance. And then, of course, later on, after the death and the resurrection of Christ, Peter is going to be used in a most remarkable way by the Savior. We know that particularly on the day of Pentecost, it was he amidst the other disciples that stood up and he preached the gospel that day to the thousands of people that had gathered in the city of Jerusalem and thousands of people were converted to Christ. We know that Peter had a special anointing of God filled with the Holy Spirit from that day of Pentecost and continually filled thereafter as he proclaimed the word. We know that Peter, together with his colleague John, were arrested, they were apprehended, they were put in prison. And despite all that, they kept on going forward with the Lord and preaching the word. He would come to be present in some of the most remarkable prayer meetings that ever took place. Indeed, where the very buildings shook, where they were assembled together as the power of the Holy Spirit fell upon them. There is this little noteworthy testimony that is recorded for us in the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 4 and verse 33, where it tells us that with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. And of course, Peter was included in that number of the apostles. Peter experienced 
a miraculous deliverance from prison. That time in Acts chapter 12, when one of the disciples had been killed by the sword of Herod, Peter has been put in prison, would likely have been killed also. But an angel came and he was miraculously delivered from prison. But there was this moment in Peter's life that we've read about this evening wherein he failed the Lord and he failed the Lord miserably, eventually denying the Lord, swearing that he never knew the man at all. How does a believer get to such a place as this? How can a true child of God backslide so deeply that he denies the Christ that has saved his soul? Well, you know, really, there's not too many steps that leads the Christian away from the Lord. There's not a great distance between a child of God professing to stand for Christ and to go with them all the way, as Peter did. I'll go to prison. I, I will die with you if, if necessary. There's not a great distance between that and to the sad place where Peter got to, and that is denial. Backsliding, very sadly, is a reality. And it can happen to the best of Christians. It did with Peter. How important it is, therefore, to keep your eyes on the Lord, to persevere in the Christian life, to know what it is to to trust in the Lord every day for grace to keep you from falling. Undoubtedly, there is a very serious matter for you and I to consider tonight. Because if you don't keep your eyes on the Lord, it will not be long before you begin to backslide and maybe even get to the place where Peter arrived. Now, thankfully, Peter's backsliding was short-lived. It was just a momentary fall. It happened that morning before uh, the Lord Jesus Christ was sentenced to death and crucified. Now, undoubtedly, the seriousness of Peter's sin and backsliding had a build-up to that moment where he then came eventually to deny the Lord outrightly. And we'll come to see a little bit about that tonight. Let me also say that there are degrees of backsliding. Backsliding can be described in one of the verses that we read tonight, following afar off, as Peter did. And that was a serious matter. And then backsliding can end up in the place where Peter ended up, denying the Lord completely, saying that he didn't even know the man. Also, for some Christians, their backsliding is prolonged. It's not short-lived as it was for Peter. But for some, it can go on literally for years of their life. But whatever the form of backsliding in the heart or openly, I believe there are vital lessons to learn from the example that is before us tonight. And I want you to think about this passage of scripture. I want you to notice first of all, and this is so important, that Peter was soundly converted, soundly regenerated. There's no, no question mark whatsoever over the conversion of Simon Peter as there was over Judas Iscariot that we looked at yesterday evening. Peter truly and he genuinely knew the Lord as his personal saviour. There was that day when he first met Christ who called him in grace. Follow me and I will make you to become 
fishers of men. And we're told how these disciples, Peter and his brother, straightway left their nets and they followed him. Peter bore the marks of grace that showed him to be a true disciple of Christ. It is that Peter that steps forward in in Matthew chapter 16 with his great confession of faith. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus had been asking his disciples that day, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And of course there were many opinions about Christ. Some said that he was John the Baptist. Some said that he was Elias or Elijah the prophet. Some likened him unto Jeremiah, Jeremiah the weeping prophet. Others said he is one of the prophets raised from the dead. And then, of course, the question came in a very personal way. Not who do men say I am, but who do you say that I am? And it's Peter that steps forward in the midst of all the others and he says, Thou art the Christ. You are the Messiah. You're the promised one of God. You are the anointed one. The one that has been promised from ancient times. All those Old Testament prophecies. All those types, shadows and symbols that pointed to the day of the Messiah. That's who you are. You are the Son of God. Before we would talk about backsliding, let us be very sure that we are found in Christ in the first place. That we are genuinely converted. Do not get confused between genuine backsliding and a mere profession where there's nothing and it ends in failure. There is such a thing as a genuine backslider, one that has truly and genuinely been put into Christ, knows the Lord, the evidence has been there, and they fall away for whatever reason. And then there are those who profess to know the Lord, but yet they've never truly been converted. I came from the village of Portavogie before coming to Balamoni. I've been in Balamoni for over 25 years, but I was seven years in the most easterly point of Ireland, and that is the little fishing village of Portobogie. And it's a very evangelical village. There's no village like it that I know of in the whole of Northern Ireland. And almost everybody that you meet with will say that they were Christians at some time or another. We used to do a lot of door-to-door work. When you went to the door and you talked about the things of God, most people would have said, and I'm talking about people that no longer went to church, no longer practiced Christianity, most people would have said, oh, I'm a backslider. The truth of the matter is they had never front-sidden. They had never, ever been truly converted to the Lord Jesus Christ. And that was a, a reality. They had never been saved. The evidence was never there, never existed. And uh, those people that we spoke to, they never felt shame for their backslidden condition. Some years ago, I visited a man in his home who told me that he was a backslider. He had no desire whatsoever to return to Christ. And he was resting upon some profession of faith that he had made years previously. And he he just looked at me and he says, you know, once saved, always saved. And he says, it doesn't matter how I live. If I die, I'll go to heaven. That man is self-deceived. Just relying upon some kind of profession and then pretending that he was a backslider and everything was well with his soul. Am I speaking to individuals tonight? And this is your 
true condition that you are backslidden. I want to ask you a question. Have you truly been converted? Have you truly front slidden, gone on with the Lord? Have you truly known the Savior and been born of the Spirit of God and be brought and brought forth the fruit of the Spirit in your life? In a true examination of your heart, in the light of God and His precious Word, do you know, absolutely know, beyond all shadow of a doubt, that there was a time that you were in Christ and you walked with God? Perhaps you are the kind of backslider that has never been truly converted in the first place. Not you tonight. We read about a very interesting character in the scriptures called Demas. I personally am not sure exactly where he stood. I read verses that tell me that he was a fellow laborer with the Apostle Paul, a man that preached the gospel, a man that stood for the cause of Christ, a man that was a companion of the great Apostle. And yet Paul has to write, Demas hath forsaken me having loved this present evil world. Even Bible commentators are divided as to the spiritual standing of Demas and where he is today. Some will say he backslid into the world, but he was truly converted. Others will say that he never truly knew the Lord. One of the theologians that I spoke to a number of years ago believed that Demas had never been converted. And based on that little text that I've quoted, having loved this present evil world. Because the Bible says that if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. In other words, they are not truly converted. The love of God has never been in that individual. Whoever you are tonight, a professed backslider or someone who, who knows that they've never been converted, you've never been redeemed, You've never been brought nigh to Jesus Christ. You've never been put into him. You're not washed. You're not forgiven. You have not been changed by the miracle of regeneration. Make sure tonight that you are soundly saved. Peter was soundly saved. I want you to see that before we go any further. But I want you to notice, secondly, that Peter sadly relapsed. Or backslid. This renowned disciple came to that place of outright denial of Christ. It's most incredible that Peter could find himself in such a position. Like many backsliders today, Christians who once walked well with the Lord and served the Lord and loved the Lord and enjoyed sweet fellowship with Him, they arrive at that place that they never thought possible. Got away from the Lord. Do you see Peter here? In the palace of Caiaphas, the high priest. Peter has followed the Lord at a distance. From the garden of Gethsemane to the palace of the high priest. From where he is sitting, he can see the Lord Jesus Christ who is now on trial before the high priest and the Jewish hierarchy. And he could see the things that were being done to Christ. They witnessed falsely against the Savior. Peter said nothing. He hears the high priest angrily accusing Peter of blasphemy against God. 
Peter says nothing. Indeed, he watches on as they spit into the face of Christ and they smite him with their hands and they mock him as they jeer in his face. Prophesy unto us, thy Christ, who is he that smote thee? And Peter does absolutely nothing as he sits there warming himself at the fire as he did. Along comes the damsel. Thou also wast with Jesus of Galilee. You're one of them. I saw you with, with this man called Jesus. You're one of his disciples. Peter denied, we're told, before them all, before everyone that was gathered, I know not what thou sayest. What are you talking about? You're talking nonsense. Another comes along, a maid. This fellow also was with Jesus. And again, Peter denied, this time with an oath. I know not the man. Don't know him. And yet a third time, he's approached by another. Surely thou art also one of them, for thy speech bereath thee or betrays you. I, I know that accent. It's not from here. It belongs to that part where Jesus is from. And this time Peter began, we're told, to curse and swear, I know not the man. Is there a backslider here tonight or listening in to this service and you've reached that place of outright denial? You're ashamed of Christ. You fail to, to stand up for him. The ungodly blaspheme his name and deride his person and they laugh at our blessed Savior who went to the cross for our sins and you do nothing. You do not stand up and defend him at all. Indeed, you maybe even verbally and, and public, publicly state, I don't know him. I'm not a Christian. I don't believe the Bible. Don't you take me to be, to be one of those odd Christian people. Have you reached such a place and you deny Christ in your words and in your works? Or are you on the way to getting to that place? You see, backsliding has begun in a milder form in your life. Remember, there were steps to Peter's outright backsliding. Peter began to leave his first love. Uh, and that's where it begins. When you begin to leave your first love, when you don't love the Lord the way that you used to love him. It was only the night before this denial. As we read in chapter 26 and verse 33. That Peter answered and said to Jesus, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Jesus warned him. Look at the next verse. Says to him, Verily I say unto thee, that this night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter, with self-confidence in the very next verse, says to Christ, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. His backsliding began with a lack of humility. He's making promises that he cannot keep because he's making those promises in the flesh. 
He's not trusting in the grace of God to stand for the Lord in the evil time. It's only the the, the Christian who realizes their weakness and trusts in the Lord to keep them that will be able to stand. But here's a man, he's filled with self-confidence and he lacks humility. So he's going down the wrong direction. Peter also failed in prayer. When they get to the Garden of Gethsemane, all the disciples follow except Judas and And Jesus leaves most of them at the gate. But he says to Peter, James and John, you come with me. And they go a little farther into the garden. And he tells them, you sit here and I'm going to pray yonder. And so he leaves the disciples. He leaves them with the the request, watch with me. One of these men to pray as he prayed. But you know the story when he came back, not just once, but three times he found them sleeping. All of them. Peter was sleeping. He missed out in the place of prayer. He failed in prayer. And we see that so clearly. Neglect of prayer is going to lead to trouble in the Christian life. It's going to to lead to backsliding, undoubtedly. And then, of course, he, he misunderstands the will of God. You remember when the mob came? That Peter drew the sword and he cut off the ear of a man by the name of Malchus who was the servant of the high priest. Jesus had to tell him, put up your sword, Peter, because you see his time had come. He must needs go to the cross and Peter didn't understand that. Didn't understand that Jesus must now die for the sins of his people. So he's now misunderstanding God's will. And then he follows at a distance as we, we read there in verse 55, how that he followed at a distance. All the disciples also forsook him, we know. He kept his distance. And you know you can follow, you can follow this way. You say you're a Christian, but you keep your distance. Don't get too involved in Christianity. Don't get too involved in Christian work. Don't get too involved in church life. Just take it easy. And you follow the Lord at a distance. Never a good thing to do. Peter's doing it. And then we discover that he preferred comfort rather than conflict. In verse 58 of this passage of scripture that we read tonight, we see this brought out so, so clearly. Peter followed him afar off onto the high priest's palace, went in, and he sat with the servants to see the end. Luke tells us that there was a fire burning and Peter draws up to the fire on this cold night, the spring nights of Jerusalem, which was 2,610 feet above sea level. We're often cold and Peter's cold. Peter's tired. Remember, he's been up all night. He's exhausted. He's sleepy. He's shivering and he crept up near the fire He preferred the warmth of the indoors, you could say, more than the cold of of standing outside the camp with the Savior. And then he gets into the wrong company. Do you see that? He sits down with these other men who were enemies of Christ, who were there to destroy Christ, the servants indeed of the high priest. Luke puts it this way. Peter sat down among them. And that literally means he sat down in the midst of them as if he was one of them. That was the impression that he tried to give. I'm just like you. I'm not, I'm not one of, of his men. I'm not a disciple of Christ. I'm just like you. 
and he associated with the high priest servants when he should have been beside his master. You get into the wrong company and you try to fit in with the crowd and you'll run into all kinds of trouble. How often is it the testimony of young people who get converted young in life, maybe at primary school, and they talk about those years of primary school. Well, those were easy years to walk with God. And then they graduate on into secondary school. And now they're faced with, with ungodly temptations, ungodly friends who are seeking to, to get them to go another way. And very often, secondary school time is a time when people begin to backslide and young people turn away from the Lord. Haven't we heard that testimony over and over again? Why? Because they get into the wrong company. And it's not good, just school children. Older folks can get into the wrong company that can take them away from the Lord. And then you'll notice that he stayed in their company. In between these denials, Peter had time to get out of there, to get away from them, but he didn't. He lingered on with these men. He persists in denying the Lord. Have you ever taken similar steps to that of Peter? Have you wandered away from God? Have you failed in the place of prayer, privately and publicly? I wonder tonight, have you preferred the comfort, as it were? Have you got into the wrong company that has led you astray? Have you disowned the Lord? Have you failed to stand up for him when people around you were were cursing and swearing and blaspheming his name? Have you denied him in your, your actions? Are you a backslider tonight? There was a time that you were once close to the Lord and you walked well with the Lord and you could say that you were on fire for God. Come on now, think of all those things that should be the love and the desire of the Christian. Examine yourself tonight. What is your love like tonight? For the person of Christ. What's your love for the house of God? Or for the word of God? Or the throne of God? Or the people of God? Have you left your first love? Are you following afar off just like Peter? You're not as close to the Savior as you were when you first knew the Lord. You're not as zealous for the things of God as you used to be. You're not as warm and affectionate and dedicated to the Lord's work as you once were. No, you're cold-hearted. You're spiritually dry and barren and stagnant. Do you love Christ more today than you did last month or last year? Are you in the word of God frequently and with interest? What is your prayer life like? Have you joy on the Lord's day? Going along to the house of God. Do you boldly take your stand in the midst of the ungodly? Oh, Peter, very, very sadly, he backslid, he faltered, he failed. And then I want you to notice finally, Peter sincerely returned. Go to the last verse that we read, verse 75. Peter remembered the word of Jesus which said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out, and he wept bitterly. And I want to read to you just a couple of verses from Luke chapter 22, the parallel portion, verses 61 and 62. The Lord turned and looked upon Peter, and Peter remembered the word of the Lord, 
how he had said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. Peter came back to the Lord. We see that in these verses. And that's the mind of God. That's the will of Christ for any who might be a backslider. The Lord desires your recovery. He wants you to return to him. He wants you to get back to where you once were. You remember the backsliding church in Ephesus, which had left its first love. Remember what the Lord said to them? He says, remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works. Or you could put the word return in in there. Get back to where you once were. He says, remember. The backslider needs to get to that place where they remember where they once were. And then they need to get to that place where Jesus says, repent. You see, leaving your first love, it's a fall. Jesus calls it a fall when he wrote to the Ephesian church. And then you need to get back to where you were. You need to return. We look at Peter and we see the tears of a returning backslider. I wish to God tonight there were the tears of a returning backsliders in this meeting tonight. And those that are listening in. I see here the look of Christ. Lord, we're told he turned. And he looked at Peter. Undoubtedly Christ had his back towards Peter when he was on trial. But he still knew exactly what was going on. He knew what was happening around the fire. He knew these very sad denials. Peter saying, I don't know him. I swear I don't know him. Jesus turned and he looked. That's all. He just gave Peter a look. But that was enough. It was a sermon that Peter never forgot. It was a convincing look. Peter said that that he didn't know Christ. And and Jesus turned to him and he looked at him. And that look kind of said, Peter, do you not know me? Peter looked me in the face and said, you don't know me? It was not only a convincing look, it was a correcting look. Whatever way the Lord looked, maybe he frowned at him momentarily. But it certainly was a correcting look to bring him back. It signaled his displeasure. It was also a compassionate look. He looked at Peter with tenderness and with love, as the Lord always does towards his faltering people. And it was a a convicting look, conveying grace to Peter's heart, enabling him to repent. The Lord looked at him, the look of Christ. And then we have the word of Christ. He says, Peter remembered. He remembered what the Lord had said just the day before. And warned him about him denying him three times over. The Lord uses his word to speak. He's speaking tonight. He's speaking through his word to your heart tonight. And then of course there is the desire of Christ. When when we read verse 62 of Peter going out and, and weeping bitterly. That was the desire of Christ. To bring him back to where he ought to be. One look from Christ melted Peter to tears. Tears of godly sorrow. And and Peter remembered. And he went out and he wept bitterly. 
Do you see the word weep that is, or wept that is used here in the scriptures? It means weep aloud rather than just merely shedding tears. He wept aloud as tears of repentance marked the beginning of his way back. Is there someone here and you have failed the Lord? You've wandered away from him. You've left your first love. I don't need to tell you that. You know that in your heart. You're forsaken the Lord and you're backslidden tonight. Are you prepared to forsake your sin? And to do what the Lord wants you to do. Desires you to do. And return to the Lord tonight. Are you sorry for your sin? Do you mourn because you've you've grieved the Lord? Are you troubled? Are you concerned? As I close I just say to you. See afresh the cross of Christ. See the Savior die. See him pouring out his life's blood. For the salvation of your soul. Get your eye fixed upon that eternal love as we see it manifested at the cross of Calvary. For there's nothing that will melt your heart more than looking again to Christ and him crucified. See his love for you tonight. See his beckoning hand as he would call you back to himself. Oh look to Jesus tonight. Look to him afresh. I pray that there will be those who will take the step of Peter and get back to where they ought to be. And my friend, if you're not a Christian tonight, you've never frontslidden, you've never come to know him. Oh, I would plead with you to be saved tonight and to start the Christian life and come to know your sins pardoned and forgiven for all eternity. Let's bow together in prayer. Let's just seek the Lord. just want you to know how much the Lord loves you tonight. He has you in this meeting. It's, it's not a mistake. He has you here by divine providence to meet with him in the word of God this evening and to listen to this message. And he's been speaking to your heart. Maybe you've wandered from the Lord and it's time to get back, time to get back to Christ. It's been going on too long. It's not just been a day like it was for Peter. For some of you tonight, it's been weeks, months, maybe even years. Then, of course, there is the challenge. Are you a backslider? If that's what you're claiming, were you ever in Christ? You need to be soundly saved. And if you're not a Christian tonight, it's the same message for you. You need to be soundly saved. The Bible says, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. These are the words of Christ. When you come to him, seek him tonight. We're here as always to help. And if you're concerned and troubled, I would implore you, come to the Lord. We're here to help you. You can speak to me afterwards. 74 years ago, In 1948, when Nicholson held the meetings here and the place was crammed tight with people sitting everywhere here on this floor, up in the gallery, all around the the stage area. At the end of the meeting, he called people to Christ. They they walked walked the aisle. They queued up probably at this door. If it wasn't this or these stairs or maybe the other side, I don't know. But they queued up to get into the inquiry room to be saved. 
Uh, my friends, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to stand to your feet or walk the aisle tonight. I'm just going to ask you in Jesus' name, come to Christ. And we're here to help you. Don't go away without the Lord. Heavenly Father, challenge our hearts tonight from what we have heard and listened to. It's your word. Help us to take into our hearts what happened to Peter. And for every Christian here, may we pray, Lord, don't let that happen to me. Don't let me get my eyes off the Lord. Save me from following afar off or even ending up tragically in a place where we deny the Savior. Oh Lord, help us to persevere, to go on with God. Bring the backslider back to Christ and bring the sinner to Christ for the first time, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. We sing together our closing hymn, I've wandered far away from God, now I'm coming home. The paths of sin too long I've trod, Lord, I'm coming home. Will you come home to Christ tonight? Will you seek the Lord? I trust that you will. Think of the words of the hymn as we sing them together.
We'll make verse 5 the final verse. My speak to me at the door. You can stay in your seat and I can talk to you afterwards. You can say to some Christian friend here tonight uh, that you're troubled and you would like to, to get right with God. But whatever the case, don't leave without seeking the Savior. Heavenly Father, bless your word to every heart. Honor Christ in all things. We pray that there will be that drawing power of the gospel that will bring the backslider back to the Lord and will bring the sinner to Christ even for the first time. Separate us now with your blessing, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.